You're listening to Hire Through Retire, a health and wealth podcast with FOIA leaders, Bill Harmon and Heather Lavalley, tackling all things from 401ks to HSAs and everything in between. We're talking to the best and brightest in the industry to bring you the latest in health, wealth, and investment trends in the workplace. Come along with us on our journey to help all Americans become well-planned, well-invested, and well-protected. Welcome back to Hire Through Retire, a health and wealth podcast. We've been talking a lot about open enrollment on our pod, but there's a good reason for it because not only is it an important time of year, but now more than ever, we're seeing an important focus on the concept of health and wealth as a dual strategy when it comes to workplace benefits. So before we dive into that more, I'm here again today with my friend, colleague, and co-host, Heather Lavallee. Hey, Heather. Thanks, Bill. Happy to be back with you and all of our listeners today. You know, Bill, as you mentioned, the movement, or as many have called it recently, the convergence of health and wealth. This year, more than ever, we're seeing this become an increasingly prominent perspective for individuals when they look to their employer, and it's clear that the workplace will only increase in its importance in helping Americans address their health and wealth needs. Some of our recent data has found that 60% of working individuals have grown a new appreciation for their employer, given their experiences with COVID-19. On top of that, 7 in 10 employees say they are interested in support and guidance tools that help them understand how to allocate their next dollar when it comes to retirement, emergency savings, and healthcare expenses. So today, we are excited to dive in and get a deeper understanding of how employers can support their workforce, particularly during this season of open enrollment. Joining us today is none other than Gina Mortineau, co-founder and CEO of Savvy Financial, an organization focused on leveraging analytics and modeling to develop high-quality, affordable financial advice solutions. Gina, we are so honored to have you here today and to bring your expertise to our audience today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Bill and Heather. I'm super excited to actually share you with your listeners today. We are just so excited to have you. And I want to jump in and start because Savvy has a really unique approach to financial advice. And I want to talk a little bit about how that came about. So Your leadership team is made up of MIT-trained PhD mathematicians, engineers, and data scientists, which is super impressive. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this puts you in a rarefied air as a financial services company. So can you give us some perspective on how has that helped shape the way Savvy operates and the advice you provide? Thanks so much, Heather, both for the compliment and for the question. Um, I often discuss how the mission of Savvy really helping people improve their financial outcomes through financial planning and advice has been shaped by our decade-plus experience in the financial services industry, and in particular in the investment management area, both before, during, and after the financial crisis of 2008. And it is then that we actually experienced the pain that our clients were suffering and saw how Americans are really in need of sound advice to both get and stay financial fit. But although the problem was shaped by our practical experience, you are right, our approach has been shaped by our um, training. And I think it's the engineering training that is keeping us relevant, that is actually focusing us in finding outcomes that are actionable and can really bring change to the client's lives. You know, how engineers, they find the problem, they roll their sleeves, and then, you know, you solve the problem, right? And you present a solution toolkit of preference are analytics, not only because I personally feel that mathematical equations are beautiful, but because, you know, math can create systems that are agnostic, right? That 
transparent and they are scalable and efficient. And if you step back and say you have a really great financial advisor, how many clients can she serve over the year, right? 200, 300? But then if you use a system which is based on analytics and computer science, you can actually bring this advice to, to millions of Americans. And because we are using optimization, which one of the analytics techniques, then we can solve a, a problem, an optimization problem for every household. So our advice is actually personalized and actionable. And we are using prescriptive analytics, which means again, that we give an action plan, but also interpretable analytics, which means that we explain what to do behind the thought for people to understand and take our directions. So I guess to sum that up, Gina, what you've been able to do is take incredible amounts of data and data down to the personalized level and really fill a need for this audience that is overwhelmed by the amount of decisions they have to make, but then really with that data, make some personalized recommendations. And really, if we frame it up through the lens of health and wealth, you know, uh, Heather cited some data that shows that the concept of commingling the ideas of health and wealth, it's, it's a trend. And in a sense, maybe it was kind of in the past, people made independent decisions when they were going through the open enrollment, when really there is an element of interdependence and there's opportunities to harmonize all their decisions across all the benefits. So I'm curious to know, Gina, in your opinion, why do you think this is so important for employers to broaden their benefits and support these needs? Well, Bill, I think if there is actually a silver lining on this COVID-19 pandemic is that it really opened people's eyes in their need to protect both the health and the financial well-being of their families, right? And, and it was sort of obvious it was a pandemic, so everybody would look at their healthcare plans and potentially their supplemental insurance products and see, okay, what is covered or not. What it was not, not obvious, at least to me it was not obvious, is that people will take a second look at how much they are saving Right, I think COVID-19 reinforced um, saving behaviors, both to the emergency funds, but also to the, to the retirement accounts as well. So I think COVID brought health and wealth together. And I think especially for employees, if you look at the benefits, right? what are the benefit decisions an employee has to make? What health plan to pick, medical vision, everything. If there is a flexible savings account or an HSA, how much to contribute and how much to put in the retirement. And all of those decisions are really financial decisions. One of my colleagues keeps joking. He says, you know, which health plan to pick is a financial decision. It won't make you healthier, right? Buying the most expensive health plan won't make you healthier. It will just help you with your medical costs. So all of those decisions are financial decisions. All of those funds, the money come out from the same paycheck. So they are really interdependent, right? If, if you make them in isolation, you have the potential of making their own decisions. So I think for an employee, it makes perfect sense. Health and wealth is here to stay. I also think from an employer's perspective, you know, I'm the CEO of a small company. So, you know, we try to offer benefits to our employees, right? And, and healthcare has been so expensive recently that very few employers can fully subsidize the healthcare. So I have a benefit and what are we trying to do? To put some money towards, you know, helping employees with their health plans, if they have a flexible saving account, contribute something. If they have an HSA, contribute something, and then match their retirement. But, but as an employer, we have a limited budget, and we need to split between, again, this health and wealth decisions for our employees. So I think it's not only employees, but employers, everybody, when they have this open enrollment or benefits decisions, either because they are picking a benefit or because they are offering a benefit, 
I think it is health and wealth, right? Those ideas have to be communicated. Utilizing your tool that personalizes everything, the employees have now personalized guidance on every one of these interdependent decisions that suddenly gives them some thoughts they hadn't thought of on their own because they were making independent decisions. And in the end, they had a a much better appreciation for the benefits plan being offered to them because it was personal, it was optimized, it was harmonized, all of that. The idea is that the employees come, you know, at open enrollment, they, they see how all of those things come together, right? And they actually have a better budget. And then after open enrollment, they are actually invited to do a financial wellness. So I think the ideal for me is you start at open enrollment with a holistic view or a harmonized view or interdependent view, any way you want to call it, right? And then during the year, as you have more goals, right, you have the house goal or you, you decide that, you know, you have too high a debt and you want to pay down, then, then you go to financial wellness experience and then you stay engaged in financial wellness for the rest of the year. And, and you make all your decisions like that. You know, I'm going to pick up on your, your point a bit because you talked a little bit about how COVID has changed the way people approach their benefits and spending decisions. I also like the comment that you made about buying the most expensive healthcare does not necessarily make you healthy. I mean, that, that's interesting financial decisions. So as you think through that, and, and you also, you know, kind of gave us the perspective of not only as the you know, owner of Savvy, but also a small business owner thinking about the lens of what you're doing for your own employees. So can you just give us a sense of what are some of the things that Savvy is thinking about that are new solutions to help address some of these needs that are coming up that, that you know, may be as a result of the pandemic and or accelerated by the pandemic? We are a small company, as you said, and, and we have um, both employees as clients and some retail clients. So COVID was really interesting because it made our clients much more engaged, right? We heard much more from our clients, both from the employers who did not know what to do and the employees who did not know how to basically cut their budgets, potentially find other places to, to pull emergency funds. And there was, the care, there was the CARE Act, like the government trying to help. So the first thing that we did uh, as soon as we were back home because of COVID is we, we try to change our financial wellness solution. Our financial wellness solution tries to basically take the long-term view. So we have all those retirement goals and home purchase goals and education goals. We didn't have a, a hardship goal, right? Um, and, and this is what we did. We actually create a hardship goal within our financial wellness platform. and we. We create, you know, both education, but also the mathematics behind it to help people decide where to take funds from. Because, you know, there is this trade-off. You don't want to take everything out of your 401k really and risk your retirement. So it was a mathematical, I think, decision as well. So we created a COVID planning assistant, which we offer to some employers, partners like Goya. And then we also offered it free in retail. So we try to help people take those decisions. And then I think our focus on benefits, which we always thought about benefits, but I think we changed like the focus of savvy from financial wellness overall as an engagement to the open enrollment, because we, we thought this is an opportunity to actually get employees when they are engaged, when they are ready to make their decisions. And if we set the right frame of mind, like Bill was saying, if we convince them that all their decisions are interdependent, if we start them on the right path, just on a couple of goals, like a healthcare goal, an emergency fund, and retirement, 
then, you know, we get them educated and then they will be ready potentially during the year to actually get more engaged with financial wellness overall and move to their um, to other goals as well. You know, Jenny, I like how you said that when you're going through um, your enrollment decisions, these are all financial decisions because they're all payroll deductions. They come out of your paycheck. And then you think, I saw a stat that 80% of the claims typically come from 20% of the employees, which also means that 80% of the employees only generate 20% of the claims and are probably overinsured. So they could be in kind of the higher cost plan, but there could be an opportunity to move into a lower premium plan or a high deductible health plan. And then that could create some of these savings. And so if that's the case where you have a big group that's overinsured, but we also know we've been talking about this, that many Americans are undersaved. Maybe we can help create this balance, but that that's really a personalized discussion. So let's talk about personalization for a minute. At Savvy, that's something you really focus on when it comes to the technologies that you build for your clients. So can you share when it comes to personalization, what successes you've seen when it comes to providing this personalized recommendation down to individuals and their health and then their financial needs based on their unique situation? You're absolutely right. Personalization is, I think, a core uh, value added in, our, in all of our tools, both financial wellness and, and the benefit selection tools. And we feel very strongly about it. You know, we are all different, right? We, we have different goals. We have different needs. And we, we lead different lives. So there is no need why we should have exactly the same benefits. It, it doesn't make sense, actually. So we are lucky um, because we are using mathematics and we can solve a, a problem which is different for every household. And I think this makes all the difference in how people um, trust our advice or our guidance and how people implement our advice and our guidance. Because if you, uh, you know, if you are at open enrollment and you have a tool that says maximize your HSA, maximize your 401k, put 10,000 in your emergency fund, you may not have this budget, right? Because you also need tweaks. And there is other things that you need to do. So this generic guidance, right, it's, it's not helpful to you. And then at the end, you are just going to be confused. If we look at their situation and, and we, we looked at the data, it was really astonishing. We, we did this uh, graph, the distribution of the claims data for all employees. It is really, out, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't expect it actually to see how many people have paid so little. And if you are actually paying, say, 500 and you are not matching any deductible, then it doesn't matter if your plan is a low deductible or high deductible. And, and high deductible health plan is a, I, I don't know who came up with this name, it's a horrible name, but, but no matter what, you don't reach the deductible. So you don't need to spend the extra amount of money every month to actually have a, a more expensive healthcare plan. And you can use the funds for many things. You can use them to up your retirement contributions. You can do them, you can use an emergency fund. Many of them, and I have a, a young son, many people like in their early 30s, they have student loans. I mean, there are so many places where you can use the extra money. And for every person, it's something different. And there are people who actually need the very expensive PPO plans, and they should get them, right? And this is how they should spend their budget. But not everybody is the same. So I think it is very, very important to have decision support tools that are personalized, that look at every household. And this is another important thing. I think you have to look at the household together, right? It's not, we, we have three kids, it's five of us, right? It's, it's all of our healthcare needs. Gina, I love the, um, the importance of personalization. I know I was, you know, as a mom of two college-aged boys and getting ready for our own open enrollment, I, I did something I really haven't done all year. And I actually started to look at who was using the healthcare because my kids are in college, so I'm not seeing when they go to the doctor and what expenses they're incurring. And 
And so it's, you know, really, really interesting to sort of see as I'm planning for 2022, what, what does that look like? You made really the strong argument for personalization and why it is so important for the family and the household. Can you talk to us about how do companies benefit from having financially fit employees? Why is that so important? Yes, I think it's important for, for many, many reasons. One thing is, I actually believe that employers have a responsibility towards the, the employees to keep them uh, financial well. When I started in Ameriprise, I was managing a mutual fund, and it was a mutual fund that was part of the retirement plan of Ameriprise with American Express at the time. And we had this long discussion about you know, how the, the shift from defined benefits to defined contributions was actually really onerous for the employees, right? I mean, those were hard decisions for the employers. That's why they stopped the defined benefit system. And now the employees are, are called to make them and they don't, they don't know how to do it. And there is this sense of maybe moral responsibility to help the employees make better decisions. And I think the sense of responsibility nowadays, going back to the health and wealth, is actually also important for health decisions, right? Because again, you are giving them all those healthcare plans they don't know what it means. They don't know how to put money in like a flexible savings versus what's a limited purpose flexible savings. I think there is a sense of responsibility. And I think employees nowadays, you know, expect more from employers. So I think it's like, and I see it in the younger generation, like in my son, that for them, you know, the paycheck is important, but the culture of the company is important. How much the employers also they care about the employees is important. So I think, it buys loyalty, it buys productivity. And we have all those statistics that people who are stressed financially, they cannot really focus on their work. They have to take days off. They are less creative. It's all of the statistics about you know, people who are fit, both healthier and um, financially fit, are more productive, more creative. They give more to the employer. They are more loyal. And happier overall, I think as an employer, you should care about the happiness of your employees, right? I think today we're certainly seeing uh, just a huge level of competition for employees. COVID has certainly made employment and, and flexibility a, a primary focus. And so, you know, not only a moral responsibility, but certainly one to be able to keep and attract talent. I just have to say, you know, this has been such a great conversation and one I hope our audience can take away some new insights and ideas on how to adjust within their own organization. You have given us so much uh, wonderful insights to, to take away today around personalization, how to help employees with these complex decisions, and the benefit of how math and data can really drive the right outcomes for employees. I love that connection. So Gina, I just want to say, uh, you know, on, on behalf of our uh, podcast, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It was really a pleasure. Thank you. And I'll echo Heather's thoughts and say thank you very much, Gina. And I'd like to also thank our listeners for tuning in to today's episode. As always, we hope you've heard some ideas here that might be beneficial considerations, particularly as we're getting into open enrollment season. To keep hearing more, remember to go to our show page and hit subscribe so you're notified when we drop new episodes. Thanks for coming along on our journey today. Stay well. This information is provided by Voya for your education only. Neither Voya nor its representatives offer tax or legal advice. Any opinions expressed within do not necessarily reflect those of the Voya family of companies or its representatives and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Please consult your tax or legal advisor before making a tax-related investment or insurance decision. Products and services offered through the Voya family of companies.